Welcome to the Pinstripe Alley Podcast, now off-season edition, because the Yankees got swept by the freaking Astros. So, hooray. I'm Andrew Burns, joined by Kunj. Uh, I don't even know if I need to ask how you are. Numb, emotionless, whatever, apathy. (laughs) Yeah, like honestly, if you listen to our most recent podcast after the first two games of the LCS, we're probably going to sound about the same, just because the last two games pretty much just continued that trend so and it was not shocking no not whatsoever not in the least bit it's yeah i mean it's still disappointing considering just how good the yankees looked in that first half of the season and like just what an incredible run they were on and then just that finish kind of i think that especially that august rather got us kind of prepared for this eventuality um i don't I don't think either of us were prepared for if the Yankees had lost to Cleveland in the ALDS, but I think we were both very well prepared for, yeah, Houston's going to beat him in the ALCS. I still don't think I would have expected a, a, a sweep and them to look this bad, but I was still prepared for an eventual loss and an ugly loss, so it, it doesn't hurt <laughs> as bad. Yeah, I mean, they showed throughout the season that the Astros were a better team than they were. Um when they played head to head, but also just in terms of how they each handled their own schedules, you know, the Astros were never really challenged. The Ast- and the Yankees sort of blew the lead down the stretch and had to sort of push to get back ahead in the East and then, you know, eke out a division series win. Whereas, you know, while the Mariners played some close games with the Astros, the Astros still swept them. So they're just a better team. And it sucks because, you know, there's obviously still scenarios where, the worst team will win in a playoff series. I mean, uh, I'll do respect to the Phillies who I am now the number one fan of for now and forever. Uh, but I do not think anyone thought that they were the better team in any of those series that they played in the NL playoffs. And that yeah, no, just didn't happen for the Yankees. I'm pretty sure they were the underdog in every single one. And yet they came out on top. And so kudos to them. I'm sure Rob Thompson is so mad that they're playing the world series. <laughs> the <laughs> man just, of stoicism himself. Yeah. The, the man just shows no expression and no emotion in any of the pictures I've seen of him. I'm sure he's genuinely happy that uh, his team is in the World Series and he's managing that team. But just if you look at any of the pictures from the Phillies Philly celebrating from even making the playoffs to winning the wild card uh, to winning the division series to winning the championship series, his face is just, oh, great, got to play more baseball. Yeah. So, <laughs> But the, the, the point being that the Astros have lost to the Nats the Rays, the Braves in the playoffs in recent years. And they are, they are vulnerable. You can get to them. They may end up winning this world series because they're such a good team, but it's not as though the organization is impervious to losing. So the Yankees could have found a way they just didn't. And they were never competitive at all, really in this championship series, other than like the games were close on paper, but they never really felt that close, honestly. Yeah, and Game Four yeah. is probably the closest, but it even still. Yeah, and but that, but that point, I was just mad for them to even like get me reinterested in this series. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they did show a little bit of life, uh, at least offensively. Uh, I don't even think they they were that great offensively, but they showed a little bit of life. I think they had like eight or eight or nine or ten hits or something like yeah, that. That was the uh, the most hits that they had in a game the entire playoffs. 
Yeah. <laughs> like so, even like, against they, the Guardians, they only had I don't think they topped out at six or something like yeah. that. And a lot of that was driven by Harrison Bader and Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Rizzo showed up uh for this game. That was appreciated. Harrison Bader, again, five home runs in ten games. Uh, that that rules. Happy for him. I, I just wish that there was a little bit more that was going on from the, this team. Yeah. And that, that, that goes down from the, the top too. Like it, as Aaron judge goes, so do the Yankees and Aaron judge did not have a good series and it sucks. It is what it is, but that's, he just didn't look good. They pitched him well. Occasionally he made good contact on a ball, but uh, the Astros defenders are able to reel it in. So that's how it goes. I blame all the pitchers who he faced after hitting number 60 and breaking Aaron judge. <laughs> yeah. That's simple enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But and it's not just him either. They're like Matt Carpenter obviously had a miserable series. We talked about him in the last podcast, just never looked like he ever got his swing back after coming off the 60 day IL. Uh, Oswaldo Cabrera was very overmatched. That was uh, a little disappointing to see, but that's, Again, that's just him. He's a rookie. Yeah, it'll happen. Josh Donaldson, he of the, I think I got some good at-bats in there. 077, 250, 154 in the four-game sweep. So, good God, go away, man. <laughs> yeah, he, he needs to not be on this team next year. Yeah, yeah, it's... Oh boy, then that, that is a rant in its own right. But, yeah, you just look up and down the stat columns not great numbers from really anyone other than Rizzo and Bader. And yeah, yeah, it, just a drag. Stan, Stan had some hits in there, but not really a ton. Yeah. No. Glaber yeah, was and- not very sharp. He had no, he had no extra base hits. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And you could, you could, you could kind of like try and figure out whether, whether the blame, where the blame lays, whether it's like, Oh, did they just have too much time off between end of the season in the division series or whatever the hell was going on. I don't know. It's just not good. And as good as Anthony Rizzo is as a player, he's not somebody who's really going to carry a team. Uh, Harrison Bader, I'm not sure if he's a good player or he's just having a, the time of his life right now. So I'm not even going to say he's, uh, he's definitely not somebody who's probably going to carry a team. And yeah, if Judge and Stanton aren't doing anything, this team's not going far. And that's exactly what we saw happen. Yeah, and Glaber too. Like one of the reasons that the Yankees played much better in September was because Glaber turned it on again after that miserable August. And then when Glaber went back to not really hitting in October, yeah, it became a lot harder to score runs. And again, the onus is on is on Judge. Unfortunately, you can't really hit 063 in a series and get off scot free as much as we love the guy. No. But uh, yeah, not great. The the one thing I will say is he has been as accountable as ever. He's sure. constantly just said, I need to be better and stuff like that. And that's what you want to hear at least. Yeah. Well, like, you don't want to hear Josh Donaldson be like, oh, yeah. It's, it's okay. I've been pretty good. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Smiling <laughs> after like outs and stuff. It's like, man, go. What's, what's your deal? Why? <laughs> Josh Donaldson stares at a fastball in the heart of the plate. Oh looks uh, Gets called out. Called out. Called out on strike three and looks at the umpire. Come on, man. Yeah. Go away. Yeah. 13 at bats, 10 strikeouts for Josh Donaldson. Thank you. Go away. You will not be invited to Old Timers Day. (laughs) He should be there right now. Yeah. (laughs) Or just send him to, I don't know, the Royals. Maybe they can use his veteran presence. (laughs) Send him to the Reds. 
Yeah, this is the Reds. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a red ass. Yes. <laughs> but oh. we get we do have to mention uh one of the big problems in game four too was that this is the first time the Yankees really had some notable pitching problems in the series, and that was mainly caused by the Nestor Cortez groin injury, which is just unfortunate. Seems like he had been dealing with this on and off since the start of the playoffs. I did not understand why they left him in after they came out with the trainer and he's like, oh, I'm good. And then he just gives up his velocities down. He gives up his whole tank job to Jeremy Pena. And that was basically it. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm going to get into this again in a little bit, but Aaron Boone did not have a great postseason in oh. that regard. Like, no. Just so many of the, the, these decisions, but yeah, you, you can clearly tell something's wrong or whatever. And I get that it's still early in the game and you're trying to get out and stuff like that, but there's no tomorrow. You got to have there's some There's no tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's been the whole problem. There's no sense of urgency. And I think um, uh, Josh wrote about, the, uh, like, you know, his eulogizing the, the, the 2022 season post. And there's, he kind of his basic point was just, there's no sense of urgency from this team. They don't care. They have their plan and they're going to stick with it. Yeah. Like, this was an instance where, yeah, you probably do need to make the quick hook and hope that Domingo Harmon has got some innings at him and long relief. And I, I, I do appreciate – we're going to be trash boon a bunch of this podcast. I do appreciate that the relief pitchers that were used in game four were just Loisaga, Peralta, Holmes, and just hold it from there. Don't bother with any of these other guys to try to get cute, try to save some bats here and there. They went with the best to try to keep the score where it was. Uh, the Astros still scored a run here and there because they're the Astros, but for the most part, the bullpen did their job and the offense just couldn't come back. But again, it's just hard to win when you get that little from your starting pitcher, even if an injury as part of it. And again, that's on Boone for not hooking him after the first signs of trouble because this velo was down. They were obvious warning signs. He looked uncomfortable. Ugh. Yeah, um, I will say I think he left uh, Loisega in a, maybe like a batter too long too. But again, that's just nitpicking, and again, yeah, that, we're yeah that's go like off on that's like more of your basic manager nitpicking. Like, yeah, I probably would have done a hook sooner, but he, Loisega had great stuff, honestly. So yeah. I could see like being, eh, maybe another bad guy, but yeah. I think it was more just because, like, he'd been in there so long, and I was like the longest he'd pitch. Like, it's just like uh, maybe it's time, but maybe. Holmes just needed an extra minute or two or whatever. You don't know, but again, yeah, Aaron Boone just didn't have a great postseason at all. No, just in, just from like media comments, just in-game strategy, just all over the board. Yeah. I don't know why anyone thought it'd be a good idea to tell the media about, oh yeah, we showed the 2004 ALCS highlights. It was, it, yeah, yeah what a terrible idea to say that out loud. Yeah, like if you want to do that to the team, to the team, just because you do, everyone comes from different walks of life. They weren't Yankees fans then, probably, except for Harrison Bader. Sorry, man. But... <laughs> So they may have been, they may have thought it was cool, but you don't need to tell the world about it. Cause how do you think that's going to go over? What, what, in what universe do you think this would go over well? Yeah. In what world did you think that that was going to be re- well received? Like, come on, guy. Yeah. Like, we, like we saw that yesterday before the game, and I, I had no other reaction but to just laugh. It's like, like, are you kidding is, me? This is, this is the, this is, this is the best we could do. Yeah. I, Combine that with like, I, I don't understand why Josh Donaldson has gotten the brunt of the booing. It's like, well, what do you think? He's an asshole and he sucks. Like, <laughs> I can't believe this. And I'm sorry. I thought that you're the Yankees. Don't FaceTime David Ortiz for inspiration. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> oh, it was just all so dumb and bad. Yeah, and and then not, not let's not forget also the shortstop rotation bringing IKF back again. Sometimes Oswaldo Cabrera in there only got one Oswald Peraza start. And not surprisingly, we ended up with a uh, big defensive miscue leading to probably the run that doomed the Yankee season. And uh, I think that there can be a good case that Glaber had a terrible pitch to IKF at shortstop on that potential double play ball. I think a good shortstop just catches that anyway. But it just it, it was really fitting that it came down to just defensive miscues and the Astros playing better baseball, you know. Yeah, and you're 100% right. Like, yeah, Glaber's, Glaber's throw, pitch, whatever you want to call it, to IKF was not great. No. <laughs> at all. Nobody's nobody's defending that. But even on the broadcast, they're saying a good shortstop, a competent shortstop, whatever, a better shortstop is prepared for something like that and doesn't come towards the bag the way IKF did and just, yeah. Yeah, like may- maybe Oswald Peraza flubs it too. We'll we'll never know. But again, there's a reason why Oswald Peraza was called the best defensive infielder by Baseball America in the Yankees organization at the midseason mm-hmm. rankings. He is a very good defender. And as much as the Yankees love IKF, like, yeah, come on. And, and that's the whole thing. Is like The dude does nothing with the bat. Like, the one thing you – we've been talking about this since, what, his first series, like, since opening day. The one thing you're, you have to do is be competent defensively and he's shown us throughout the year on his at his best he's extremely average i feel like yeah like sometimes he will have good instincts on a play and like we'll range a little bit make a decent throw he his his throwing arms never really that good but when he's not really thinking about it, it seems like he can make the play but when it like routine stuff but this yeah it's just frustrating and uh, i mean Again, fitting that it would go down like that. There was, I guess we should also mention that in game three, which happened after our last podcast, we had that outfielder problem with uh, Judge almost running into Bader, fly ball dropping, and that led to a two run home run for the Astros. So that that, that one was on Judge, honestly. Uh, Like, you got to get out of the center fielder's way. It's his ball. Yeah. And and once again, going back to accountability, that's exactly what Judge said after the game. Like, that's on me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's the only person on this team that seems to hold himself accountable. I mean, I would say like a bunch of other people in the clubhouse are pretty good about that too. But like, well, other, I mean, other... just from the people who are like giving attention to and actually speak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have him, or you have Aaron Boone complaining about the roof being open in Houston. Oh like, my God. oh, if the roof wasn't open, then we would have been fine. Like, no, shut up, man. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like even even Louis Severino kind of pissed me off. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and when he was like, talking about the Breg- uh, when they're talking about the Bregman home run, like, oh, they got lucky. It was a good pick. Like, okay, shut up. Just yeah, shut that, up. that still would have been out in twenty-five or thirty parks, I believe, in the stat. You're playing in Houston. That's the name of the game. And Alex Bregman, I have many qualms with Alex Bregman, but that is one thing that he does better than most other players in Astros history at that ballpark. He knows how to get the ball out to that those Crawford boxes, just like so many, like Giancarlo Sand is such an expert at getting those uh, like lasers that go into like the first few rows of the short porch and Rizzo too. So right. he caters his swing to that and he can produce that outcome. Yeah. It was not great contact, but it still probably would have been a double, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you still got hit. Like shut up. Yeah. Uh, boy. And I love the Severino. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. I love Luis Severino, but just shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Frustrating stuff. 
And I will say like more on game three, even though the score I think was only like five, nothing, I guess, but it, because the Yankees are so punchless against Christian Javier again, it almost felt like that game a few years ago in the division series against the Red Sox, where they lost like 18 to whatever. And Austin Romine pitched just because they were so out of it. And it felt like they were on the doorstep of elimination, you know? Oh yeah. That was a 2018, I think division series. Yeah. Yeah. Good Fun times. times. Yeah. Another game I didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you missed uh, Brock Holt hitting for the cycle, man. Oh, man. What, a, what, a, what a piece of baseball history I missed out on. Mm, yeah. yeah. But... And even, like, going back to game three for a second, like, the, I get that was in the, it was in the fifth inning, right? Or six, I forget when it was when he gave Cole the hook, but was it bases loaded, nobody out, whatever? Sixth inning. Sixth inning, right? Yeah. Bases, I, I, I get it, but, like, it's Garrett Cole. Yeah, that's that's a that was a tough one. I it's like sort one. of got it, but at the same time, like they weren't really getting on base with like break contact. You probably are going to need innings anyway. This is an instance where, like, I think I do kind of get hooking Cole, but I would very much endorse the argument of keeping him in. And yeah, I think. I mean, obviously, no no pitcher like Garrett Cole, who's an ace, is going to be like super happy about getting pulled in a situation like that. But he was not happy in the postgame. I think my other problem is if you're hooking Garrett Cole in that situation, I don't think I go Lou Trevino as my first option. Mm, yeah. I do but, like I Lou Trevino, but... I do like Lou Trevino, but again, he does still scare me with when coming on with inherited runners. That's my only issue with him. Yeah. But... Alas. Oh, so many things. But again, you can... You can that, that's more of like a quibble, but it's five nothing again nothing even if yeah. Garrett Cole got out of it oh yeah it was it was a two nothing game you're still losing that game because the offense is doing nothing now that's the thing like there was the full athletic article about it like this decision afterward and it, I even tweeted this I was like I don't care they didn't score they didn't come close to scoring yeah <laughs> like, it sucks but like, Michael K went on a full rant against uh Aaron Boone about uh about that and like it, it, it is interesting to me to see, to see like kind of players kind of turning out not turn necessarily turning on Boone like nobody's none of the players were throwing him under the bus like was like oh my god this is his fault or whatever but just like kind of going against some of his decisions publicly then you have like Michael Kay and the yes crew kind of like questioning Boone's decisions like which is not something that generally happens so it was kind of interesting to me from that regard but again you're going off on him about this, about pull, pulling Garrett Cole or whatever, and all that, and again, two nothing turned into five nothing. Sure, that's annoying. That's frustrating. But we're overlooking the nothing part of it here. Yeah, yeah. But I will say, we, going we, going back to the Boone point, though, like we saw a little bit of that with the division series too, with the Clay Holmes availability in Game Three. Both, I think Severino and Holmes, and I think maybe a couple other guys were kind of grumbling about that too. So. Yeah, exactly. Not great communications from the guy who was hired to be a great communicator. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's like I can't like your one job is to be uh, competent uh, uh, defensively. Boom, your one job is to be a good communicator. Like that's yeah. kind of his big thing, and just not not a not a good showing. No, yeah. Well, we we were spared, I guess, of ever really having a ton of hope that this team would beat the Astros. I think it very much went out the window after they lost the first two games in Houston. I think you thought maybe if they could steal one of them, 
they could potentially win all three in Yankee Stadium, not have to deal with Houston, or maybe only have to deal with winning one once again. But once they went down 2 out, it was like, well, shit, that's, <laughs> you know, you got to win one, one in Houston, and I don't think they're winning all these games. So bad. And then the game three loss pretty much sealed it. And then game four is fait accompli. They made it interesting at bits, but here we are again. Yankees lost. Yeah, like if the Yankees like showed up with any sort of life in the the Bronx, like uh, the games at home, and you know we kind of found ourselves in a repeat 2017 situation where they went down to nothing, won three games at home, went into Houston the three two series lead. I still wouldn't feel good about their chances. Like it's easy to say, yeah, you just need to win one game and that's it. But the, there's something about. A, this Houston team, but especially in, in Minute Maid Park that these Yankees just cannot do anything about. I don't know what the solution to that is. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like, oh, my God, it's just an easy fix. Like, oh, just do this instead. But I guess it is simple. Just hit the freaking ball. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's the 2022 Yankees. Close the book on them. Yeah. <sighs> Now they got a whole bunch of questions ahead of them, and we will get into them after this ad break. Back from the ads. Have some big questions facing the Yankees now. Like, I mean, just to the front-facing perspective that we're going to hear a lot of questions about for a good reason. Will Brian Cashman be back? Will Aaron Boone be back? I think the smart money is probably yes on both, just because of how the Yankees have proceeded with how they've moved their team along in the past few years. Like this, this is, this seems to be good enough for them to get into the playoffs and see what happens from there. And I think that Cashman and the Steinbrenners have enough of a long standing relationship that I don't think that even getting embarrassed by the Astros of the championship series was enough to cause a break. I mean, I'd say maybe there's like a 5% chance, but I, if you're banking on it, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think ultimately Hal Steinbrenner is very happy with this team this year. Yeah. Because yeah, like, Hey, Hey, he got the, what five extra home playoff games. He's great. He's gravy. He got five extra home playoff games. He had uh, technically the concessions that... from the, that rain delay thing too, were the disaster in game five. That got yeah. <laughs> He got to see. Uh, he got to have uh, people care about a home run chase mm-hmm. uh, with Aaron Judge. Um, again, you're one of the last four teams standing. That's in, in his mind. Like that's about as good as you can ask for, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, so I'm pretty sure the Hal Steinbrenner way of thinking. We're great. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, I do agree. I think Brian Cashman's technically the only one of the two whose uh, contract is actually up, right? Yeah, that's the um, thing where it's like both both Cashman and Boone have their own situations and they're suspect in their own way. Like because Cashman's contract is up, then you're entering a situation where like when the Yankees let Joe Girardi go, his, cont- his contract is up and they just chose not to bring him back. So right. it's not a, like a direct firing or anything as much just like a we're we're severing this but i yeah i can't see that happening i i i don't see them moving forward without brian cash yeah and I, like i think there there is a lot of criticism you can lay at cashman's feet this year i like the, yeah. the, the donaldson I, ikf trade is just going to go down as one of his all-time worst uh the deadline was just the deadline from hell honestly like 
you know, you, you trade for Frankie Montas expecting him to be your number two star in the playoffs. He gives you like two innings of relief. No, one inning of relief out of the bullpen in the entire playoffs. And that's it. Mostly because he was one injured and two uh, ineffective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew Benintendi. That's a freak injury. But, you know, that's it's unfortunately it's the name of the game. Losing Scott Afros to Tommy John surgery was also unfortunate, but again, he does not really have like the kind of delivery that makes you think, oh yeah, he's going to be healthy for <laughs> So yeah, Luke Trevino was good. I'll give him that. Um, <laughs> that, that was like, you know, the secondary piece of the Montas trade. So yeah, uh, there were two, there were two very prominent Yankees on walk years, Aaron Judge and Brian Cashman. Aaron Judge had the greatest walk year of all time. Brian Cashman did not. <laughs> no, like he did. But, we'll give him credit for the two very good moves of getting Jose Trevino in there and picking up Matt Carpenter and getting, you know, two months of Aaron Judge production out of him, which is kind of crazy in hindsight. But, you know, that's all these other moves are still at his feet. And that's not even going into just how badly the Joey Gallo situation ended, which feels like a million years ago, but he still played more games in right field than anyone else for the Yankees this year. Exactly. Yeah, no, it, it, it just wasn't. And like, I think, the, I, again, Andrew Benintendi, freak injury, Scott Efros, Tommy John, like you didn't really see any of those comings. Fine. Frankie Montas was still technically probably the second best starter available on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, you could argue, yeah, they probably could have done more to try and get Luis Castillo. But again, we don't know how those discussions went. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to harp on that too much. And at the time of the trade, Frankie Montas did – was coming off of like you know a few pretty good uh, decent starts for, with Oakland, so you think maybe he's healthy. All right, fine, and it just didn't work out. But I think the biggest criticism for him, from me at least, this year is the IKF Josh Donaldson trade because that was just bad. Yeah, um, there's no there's no justifying it in any way, shape, or form. I mean, we tried thinking like it might be okay when we when it initially happened, just because we thought Donaldson might have something left in the tank, but just the vibe, the bad vibes he brought, or whatever. Those, that's just been wherever he goes, and it's yeah, no, yeah, no. They like they got him, and they were talking about like, oh, you know, he has like an edge to him, and maybe like that's what we need. And not, no, he's just just an asshole, and now he's not he's even, just like, an asshole. <laughs> now he's not even a good hitter anymore. So yeah. <laughs> great stuff. Like yeah. there's and like they still have to figure out what they're gonna do about him too, because like he's under contract for next year too. He's still owed like. I think at least $20 million. So if you're, if you're getting rid of him, it's going to be another thing where you're probably like trying to salary dump him off somewhere, but are they going to do that? I don't know. Like he's still a good defender, a third base. Maybe they just decide to roll with that, but hopefully not. Yeah. No, you can't. No. Yeah. yeah you say you can't, but like we, we've seen the Yankees go do it. Weirdly, exactly. Uh, weirdly penny pinching in some spots and like it's weird to it's it's kind of odd to call that penny pinching but it's more just like a doubling down on well we've invested in this so this is how it's going to be and they're gonna have to figure out something like that with Aaron Hicks too who I don't think will be a Yankee now that they have like Harrison Bader in there maybe they hold on to him as like a fourth outfielder but he's like another guy who he doesn't really have a future here and he's under contract for several more years so yeah I'm good just, good work, Brian Cashman. <laughs> just a mess. Yikes. Yeah. But, again, I still don't think he's going anywhere. 
Aaron Boone signed an extension, was it before this season, right? Yeah, or, that, that, yeah that, that's so also the thing where, like, I would say under, maybe if this had happened in a contract year for him, they would cut it like they did with Joe Girardi, but I don't know if I believe that Hal Steinbrenner is going to yeah. pay two managers, <laughs> you know, exactly. like this fired guy and his new guy. Fired guy and hired guy. Yeah. yeah, so Aaron Boone's under contract for through the 2024 season. Mm-hmm. And to your point, exactly. Like, if it was like a Joe Girardi situation where it was the end of his contract or a walk year or whatever, maybe you could see them just, like, using that as an excuse. I don't see them firing him necessarily because it would require actually firing him unless yeah. he just decided to resign, which I don't know why he would. He hit home one home run and became the manager of the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> the easiest career path in the world. But I think this is the only time where I believe that it actually may happen. It's weird. I don't think it's going to happen, but there's like a 1% chance it does. And that's all. It's like the most credit I'll give it. And that's only because, like I said, like we talked about before the ad break, Yes Network and Michael Kay were like kind of going, turning on him and uh, kind of going after him. The players like Luis Severino, Clay Holmes, Garrett Cole, those are not nobody names either. So, there's like a little bit of you see a little bit of cracks in the foundation, but ultimately I think they're going to come back with Brian Cashman, definitely and Aaron Boone. But maybe I'm wrong. I guess technically that is a possibility. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it, there is a scenario where you could see it because there was enough there was enough you know unrest for lack of a better term that maybe they do decide to make a move. And I think even if they, maybe there was one year left on his contract, they would pull the trigger. But I just I just can't see how Simon being okay with it and it's really frustrating because i feel like you know i don't know that aaron boone is the difference in this team making it to the world series or not but there are so many little things that he does that helps the helps the yankees lose games you know so yeah and i'll talk about this i'll talk about something that you know we've discussed in our slack between like i think you me and uh former PSA scribe Greg Kirkman were having a conversation. I think now more than ever, it's kind of showing that managers kind of matter. Yeah. Um, you, you saw you saw what happened to the Phillies as soon as they fired Joe Girardi and Rob Thompson took over, of all people. Um, if moving from baseball going to, the, going to football, the New York Giants, Brian Dable has been a complete game changer for the Giants, who are a respectable 6-1 and one right now. And then there's Aaron Boone, who just led his Yankees to a sweep by the Astros. And the best he could come up with was, man, if only the roof was closed. Yeah. It's not inspiring stuff. You look to the blue Jays too. Like they came back from a kind of a whatever start to make the playoffs uh, under their uh, interim guy, John Schneider. And then he's now going to just be their manager going forward. Obviously it doesn't always look at work out. We looked at the angels with uh, Joe Man, Phil Nevin, but the angels are their own complete dumpster fire in their own right so that's not the best comp anyway but the fact that you shouldn't let like these contracts that you can afford to eat like dictate who your manager should be and we may revisit this too um, I'm just gonna say when we hear that Boone is coming back because that's what I fully expect but yeah that's that's just state of the Yankees management you know maybe there's like a sacrificial lamb like they're like oh Carlos Mendoza, you're fired. It's all your fault. <laughs> but <laughs> yep, but, but they, they can't fire the hitting coaches this year either to do because they just hired him. And obviously Matt exactly. Blake's not going anywhere. So No. Yeah. yeah no, either, nor nor should either... he, I should say. I, do, I still do think that Matt Blake is pretty good at his job, but it's yeah. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't an ideal second half overall, but 
yeah, I think Matt Flick is still very good at what he does. And I think it's, if they were to uh, part ways with Aaron Boone, I think it's going to be a situation like when, you know, Joe Girardi left for, where they're going to clean house but leave Larry Rothschild there. And that's kind of what I would imagine would happen if that if we were to revisit that type of situation where Aaron Boone and maybe the rest of the staff is gone, but Matt, like Matt Blake's job is safe. <laughs> Yeah, and I think probably and again, that's how it probably the be. hitting coaches I think would be back just because they're more organizational guys than Aaron Boone's guys in particular, you know. But mm, that's it, that's its own thing. Yeah, and I we sh- I mean we should talk about just real quick. We'll have more discussions about this as the off season goes on. Aaron Judge has a big question mark around him. I think he will be back because for all that we criticize, like Hal Steinbrenner, I think he does probably acknowledge that. Judge is so central to the Yankees branding at this point too. If nothing else, like he is the guy that you can slap on his face on all the Yankees merch and you'll, you will sell them like almost as well as you did like a Derek cheater, you know? So, and obviously he's a terrific player too. He's going to cost a lot of money. Kudos to him for betting on himself and then hitting 62 freaking home runs and going to, he's going to probably going to make like another hundred million dollars because of that. And good for him. Yeah, there, there's like quite there's a few things I want to say on this, and it's going to kind of seem a little bit all over the place, but I'm just going to kind of go off on it. Yeah. One, like you said, kudos to him for betting on himself and whatever. Two, I think giving Aaron Judge whatever the hell he wants, like if he wants a billion dollars a year, you give it to him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's still that's doing the bare minimum. And I think if nothing else, Hal Steinberger can be counted on for doing the absolute bare minimum. <laughs> do I am I am I a hundred percent convinced Aaron Judge will be back? No, because it's still Hal, Hal Steinbrenner at the helm. But again, like you said, like Aaron Judge is so central to the branding of the Yankees, the face of the Yankees, and so on and so forth. Where just bringing him back just seems like the bare minimum. And if they do that one move, they could just say, "Hey, look, we brought Aaron Judge back, and they don't have to do anything else this off season. And no, it's the Garrett we'll... Cole thing all over again. You know, exactly. It's the bare minimum. And Hal Steinbrenner again. He will do the bare minimum, I think. Um, the other part of it is just literally yesterday after the loss, uh, you know, Aaron Judge is like, I'm a free agent. We'll see what happens. But, you know, he re- re- reiterated his desire to come back to the Yankees. He was basically saying, hey, that's where I've been since the beginning. Like, he's like, he's not guaranteeing anything, and nor should he. He's no. not gonna, he shouldn't take a discount or anything like that or whatever. But, you know, his, his goal is to be back in, in the pinstripes. And it, this should be – as easy as a free agent negotiation as there should be. There's interest from both times. It's mutually beneficial to both sides. Just get it done. Um, the other thing is, I think even just the, the way the players talk about him, like uh, I think before game three or four, I forget which game it was before, but Nestor Cortez was talking about like, three. if Judge is back, he, uh, he's, he's going to be the captain and all this stuff, which again, I don't want to get into, should Aaron Judge be the captain? Should the Yankees have a captain discourse or whatever? But just the way they're talking about that, like, and we even saw it during the during the season where uh, was it that one time the the camera just panned towards the Aaron Judge and the Glaber's like pay this man pay this man yeah. whatever. There's so much conversations from the Yankees publicly about just bringing Aaron Judge back from the players to the the coaching staff and then even Brian Cashman talking about hey man this guy's gonna make a lot of money and we're gonna do whatever we can to to bring him back. Like Brian Cashman said that actually. So again, yeah, I think he'll be back and I don't think it's 100 percent guaranteed. But yeah, those are kind of my five minutes of scrambled thoughts on the matter. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you're pretty much right on with that. Like, there's so much incentive on both sides to get it done. So many players in the clubhouse love that guy. I don't know how you make the case to that clubhouse if you're coming back next year without him. Like, hey, you can do this. But because, I mean, you look at this team without him, like they, they are, you know, just put in whatever other random outfielder. Let's say, I don't know, Jesse Winker is out there instead of Aaron Judge. Maybe they end up making the playoffs anyway, but they probably don't win the East. Maybe they're out in the wild card round. And it's a lot less interesting because, boy, was this team tough to watch down the stretch when it was just like Judge and his merry men, you know? Well, and, exactly. And I was like, maybe they don't even make the playoffs because if it wasn't for Judge, I don't think they even win like the two games they won in August. <laughs> and I, th- I think they, they would still have been in the, the wild card just because no, there was. I'm just. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I'm they exactly. would have finished ahead of the Orioles, but that's, again, that's not really saying a lot, you know. With yeah. all due respect to everything that the Orioles did this year, and I do have great love for Baltimore. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so much an obvious slam dunk situation, but you never know. You know, we've seen, we saw Freddie Freeman leave the Braves. We saw, you know, Robinson Cano leave the Yankees all these years ago. This is, I think, the, close, the closest comp is honestly just Freeman, just because he he and Atlanta were so linked in this big way where he was like the franchise icon, and there was a whole bunch of buy-in on both sides, and then it just fell apart. But I still think that they will get it done. Maybe someone goes absolutely nuts and judge decides, you know what, for the sake of the union, I'm going to just take the highest offer out there. But I think they'll probably come to terms. We will see what happens. And, we will, and it's, the second thing, though, is that like – the obviously we would love judge to come back under all scenarios, but it's so easy to envision the one where, as you said, they resign judge and they're like, off season done. We're great. Let's uh, run it back with, you know, Donaldson and IKF in there. And maybe we'll play Oswald Peraza. We're for feeling sketchy, but probably not. Yeah. Who knows? But, yeah. or maybe they, will... maybe they just trade Oswald Peraza for some package in the off season, which honestly it feels like they might end up doing just because of how they talk about Bolte. But yeah, I, I do. I do think Oswald Peraza is not long for the Yankees organization, and that's not like a that's not a me saying, "Hey, he needs to get away" or whatever. No, like, I like Oswald Peraza. <laughs> it's just just the way they used him and so on and, and such. Like, it doesn't seem like they're too. They're not. They're not into it. he. Brian Cashman's just not into you. No, like like they seemed way more into Oswaldo Cabrera, who I, I, you know, we like and is a very cool prospect, love his versatility and he can play anywhere, but he was not the same kind of prospect, at least like publicly perceived that Oswald Peraza is. And, you know, they were pretty much on equal footing by the time, like, you know, August rolled around and they were both in AAA. And the Yankees gave a lot more opportunities to Oswaldo Cabrera. Maybe part of it was because they were so dead set on IKF's internal defensive metrics at shortstop that they're like, we don't want to bother. But again, you, you look at how they used him. If they were really confident in him as a prospect, it feels like they would have found more opportunities for him there. And, and at the very least, they would have rostered him in the division series, you know, but they had yeah. to have the, they had to have Aaron Hicks go down with an injury just to put him on the LCS roster. They gave him one start. He looked good defensively, but didn't do much of the plate, and then they never released him again. So exactly, which is just like, okay, yeah, whatever. It's a game, but what's the point here? What are we doing here? Yeah, and I think there there is a very real chance that he goes on that they trade him, and he just has kind of like a whatever Jorge Mateo West career where he's like 
around the majors and like on some teams, has some good years, has some whatever years, and is not like the guy. But the fact that they weren't willing to give him the chance over a guy who was decidedly whatever in IKF is extremely frustrating. And you, you, it's one of those things where I have confidence that they are right about Volpe just because he's such a nationally acclaimed guy. He seems to have terrific makeup, outstanding tools. But boy, you better hope you're right. <laughs> or go sign Trey Turner. That's, they're not doing that. <laughs> they're not doing that. No. <laughs> or we could have the whole we're going to sign Carlos Correa discourse again, <laughs> which they've decidedly said we are not doing. So. Yeah. Oh, you can sign one of the, one of those two if you want, and then you know I'm, I'll, I'll shut up. I'll happily shut up. It's gonna be so weird looking back on Carlos Correa's baseball reference page in like ten years, being like, "Oh yeah, he was on the Twins that one year." They, they wasted <laughs> that. <laughs> for whatever, for what it's worth, they do seem like they're gonna make a big push to bring him back. Whether or not that happens is a different story, but yeah, I'll, I respect it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the Yankees have so many questions to face them in the off season. They will reassess them. We will check back in at points with them for sure. Especially if there's like notable trades or free agent signings, or if they do decide to move on from Cashman or Boone, I, I don't think so, but you know, we will come back as needed. We will say, does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. There's only so much we can say when it's just like, Oh, well, uh, dealing with the rumors again. Nothing yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Yankees continue to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we should do a little, just a quick, uh, I don't think we need to do a full world series preview because we've talked about the Astros enough and I tired of them, but let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think are good, good to happen in this uh, Phillies Astros series? I'm going Phillies in, I, I still can't decide five or six. Um, I'm going to go five. You know what? Screw it. I'm going for it. Hey, Phillies you you got a, you got Padres and four of the Dodgers for whatever reason. So let's uh double down on not only the upset but the uh, handle handy upset too. And uh, my other thing, the other thing I noticed yesterday was Jeremy Pena did win the ALCS MVP. Which in my alternate world, if the Yankees didn't make the uh, ALCS, Cleveland did. He was my ALCS MVP pick. So. In some world, I got that right. Congratulations but, to uh, Multiverse Cringe. Yes. I'm going to go with, yeah, Phillies in five with Kyle Schwarber as uh, World Series MVP. Okay. Yeah. I guess on the topic of MVPs, how, wasn't it a fun little twist to be like, oh, yes, Bryce Harper showing up in the playoffs, coming up with huge moments and big, big hits and homers, winning the championship series MVP as he sends his team to the World Series with the Phillies. The Yankees never gave him a phone call after that one off season. They were like, no. "We have six outfielders," and one of them was Jacoby Ellsbury. So, yeah, we were like <laughs> struggling to remember who those outfielders were. And the, the, the annoying part of that, of all of this, is one of the outfielders, John Carlos Stanton. They don't allow him to play the outfield. Yeah. Hey, he actually showed up at. Uh, they put him in left field, the Yankee Stadium, for one of those games, just because they really wanted to try the Matt Carpenter thing again, and it didn't really work. But yeah. Yeah, it was Judge, I, I Stanton, it... Aaron Hicks, uh, Clint Jackson Frazier, <laughs> uh, oh boy, and Brett Gardner, who was nearing retirement, and uh, again, Jacoby Ellsbury, who was already dead. So. Who was technically in the organization. <laughs> yeah. He was the one person to not survive Thanos' snap. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you, and you, you can even like glimpse into the alternate reality and be like, well, like, how are you balancing like Stanton and Harper when you know Harper couldn't play the outfield this year because of his uh, elbow? But like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. At that point, the Yankees have to get over themselves and let G play because I feel like a lot of like, yeah, I know Giancarlo did get hurt and stuff like that. So you wanted to ease him back into it. But I do feel like the Yankees like baby him a little too much. And it's not even like by his choice it's not even like he, he I, as far as we know he hates he not hates necessarily but he wants to be playing the outfield yeah so i don't know what what's going on with the yankees and their medical staff but i've lost faith in, I, I haven't had faith in their medical staff for years now so yeah i don't trust them yeah well they did get aaron judge out there for 157 games so that that that, that, that well i will give them credit for um or did he get out there in spite of them mm, yeah <laughs> I guess one last note we should make the Yankees really missed DJ LeMahieu um, and like healthy DJ LeMahieu we should say like the yeah. impaired version we saw in August and September who I think we probably would have seen if they did decide to roster him that wouldn't have helped really even even against like how bad Donaldson was um, probably but <laughs> I, just missing that bat was so so tough because he's a different kind of hitter than the rest of these guys and not a different kind of hitter in the IKF way where he gets hits that are not home runs. And you're like, Oh yes, he's great. But like IKF is like a whatever hitter. DJ LeMahieu is a good, like almost the worst league average hitter (laughs) who can just hit the ball wherever you want and comes, comes up with uh, some 20 homer power when he needs to as well. But that just wasn't translating with the foot toe injuries in the second half. And that, that just sucks. And every team has injuries, you know, the Astros didn't have Michael Brantley. Uh, so it, that's not the reason they lost, but it's it just, it just sucks that these gentlemen who couldn't be a part of that team. Yeah, no, it showed a lot um, that they, when that DJ LeMahieu was absent and even Andrew Benintendi to a certain extent too. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I liked him, especially once he, you know, got over the first couple weeks in pinstripes. He was really putting it together. Then his exactly. wrist exploded. <laughs> yep. Um, and, yeah, IKF is the type of hitter where, like, yes, he technically gets hits, but that's only because, like, the infield misses them when they're, like, rolling past him. Yeah, they're and all, like, ground ball singles. <laughs> yeah. And, like, but DJ LeMayu actually gets legit hits, and he's yeah. a legitimately good hitter. Yeah, he was, like, he had a... Serious all-star case in the first half. I, I understand why he didn't make the team, but it wouldn't have been crazy for him to make the team either. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, and maybe maybe he would have slumped too, but again, it's like the variety of approaches in the lineup that was missing. So And his face is just less annoying than Josh Donaldson's. Uh, yeah. And he's a good defender at third too. So exactly. it could have been it would have been a situation where it would have been very easy to just swap him in for Donaldson. And it wouldn't have been a big story, you know, and not that that should like stop the Yankees from benching Donaldson, but they didn't really have a good like alternative. You know, I don't think I, I don't super believe in IKS defense at third base. And again, you're not getting it much from his bat either. So, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, you, and you maybe could consider like throwing Oswaldo there, yeah, but you need a left but, fielder. Yeah. So no, it's, you're not playing because you're clearly not letting G, uh, Giancarlo play the outfield. And you're not going to start Tim LaCastro every day in the outfield. Well, they did let Giancarlo play the outfield. So there, there was a scenario, but I think there's a, they also don't super believe in Oswaldo at third base either. So, yeah, it, I mean, I, I, I don't think they play. I know they played him in the outfield now, but like, I don't think they played him enough. I think yeah. you should have done that from the get go. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. Yeah. So the 2022 story is over. Yeah. And uh, 
I can't say I, I'm gonna miss like talking about them all too much. Especially the first half was fun to talk about because it's like, oh, this is awesome still. But then, yeah. Um, anyway, we got tangented. Uh, I will say, Phillies in seven. I don't want to see the Astros win, and I would think it would be very funny to see them lose to a third different National League East team that just kind of popped up <laughs> in the past four <laughs> years. So, do it. Yeah, let's see them, and then we'll see the Marlins come up and beat them in some other year, and they'll be like, all right, now it's your turn, Mets, and then the Mets won't do it because they're the Mets. So. Pretty much, but then yeah. hopefully the Astros just don't make the World Series that, that year. <laughs> Bingo! Let's, uh, yeah, let's hope that this is somehow the end of their run. It will yeah. probably not be, but yeah. I, I really don't love that I have to root for a Philadelphia-based team, but I do enjoy the Phillies as a team. I just don't like Philly. So <laughs> the Phillies, Phillies vibe is just hilarious. So exactly. and go I appreciate the get we've already talked about this a little bit, but I appreciate the hey, let's sign some really good players for our team. And then it worked out, you know. Like obviously they made it <laughs> they made it as the last wild card, but it, it doesn't matter. Like they made the playoffs, their star power has really helped carry them between your wheelers, your Nolas, your Schwabers, your Harpers. They they've been pushing them over the top. Good work, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember even when Zach, Zach Wheeler was a free agent, I wanted them to sign him. I want, definitely wanted Bryce Harper. Like, again, it's one thing if you're talking about, like, an again, no offense to Aaron Hicks, who I do generally like as a person, but it's one thing if you're talking about an Aaron Hicks-type outfielder where, like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to call his camp because we already have enough outfielders and it doesn't make sense and we, we don't know how we would figure it out. What if Bryce Harper, you sign Bryce Harper and figure everything else out? Or Manny Machado, you know. Yeah, or Manny Machado. Also yeah, had a good, exactly. good championship series for the Padres. You know, he did everything he could. <laughs> yep. And is Alas. also basically like a leader in that clubhouse now, too. Like, he is the Padres captain, essentially. And I think a lot a lot has been said about Manny Machado over the years, but that clubhouse is all in on him. And they had to do a lot of work to get to where they were without any Fernando Tatis Jr. So... Yeah, great, great this, run, this was prime. This was prime to be for, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr.'s team, and now it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anywho, I think uh, should we go ahead and put this one to bed? Yes, sir. All right. Who? All right. Let's, let's do the Yankee and Manfred of the week. Who right. is your Yankee of the week? Any of the Yankees fans who actually went out to watch this crap team in the Bronx <laughs> in the playoffs. Yeah deal with the annoying team, annoying offense, rain delays consistently, especially the, 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 the fans who had to sit there for three hours uh, in, of course, for game five and then find out that that was postponed. Yeah. And even like game four yesterday, like the, the crowd was alive. I give them a lot of credit for that. Like until yeah. like the Astros literally had to suck out the energy from the ballpark, but they tried their best to be there for the Yankees and support the team. So you know, they're my Yankee of the week because nobody really on the team deserves it for me, in my opinion. Maybe a Harrison Bader had a good game in Anthony Rizzo, but that's about it. Yeah, maybe more of the actual, like, Yankees fans and not the suits could go to the game because there are so many sell- tickets on the secondary market that were selling for, like, normal prices. So. Yeah. But they tried. I give a lot of credit to the Yankees fans who showed up and tried to make it a fun atmosphere, but... The 2022 Yankees had other other feelings. They had other thoughts. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, my Yankee of the Week is just going to be Harrison Bader. Um, it's just a, and then it's, it's honestly more about the postseason for him. Really cool to make him validate that trade. And I still have mixed feelings about it, but he really showed. And I don't know if this, I don't know if this bat is going to like last like in a full season, but he's such a good outfielder that you feel good about him being the center fielder next year. If they do decide to like swap out, make a different move and try to improve the team in another way, then that makes sense. But um, it was just a cool to see him, you know, bash five home runs in 10 games and put in, put on gold glove defense. So yeah, despite he, that he bring, judge miscommunication, but still. And we talked about like, you know, the quote unquote edge and crap that Josh Donaldson brings, like, like when it's just like really he's just an asshole with bad vibes. Harrison Bader, at least for right now, just like great he vibes. brings good energy, great yeah. vibes. He, and he brings like the right type of energy. His bat flip game is excellent. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. Like, I don't want you to like, you know, mope about like a, a, a strikeout called a looking on the fastball down the middle of the plate. I want you to be hype about a home run you just hit in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Like we probably saw the best of Harrison Bader in these playoffs. But you know, if that's the best, and that's some really good stuff to see. He's and he was at his best with the Cardinals. He was a legitimately good player. Maybe yeah. he can recapture that. It's not like he's ancient. He's only going to be 29 next June. So they have him for another season. I think that's one of the reasons why Hicks is a goner. But yeah, Harrison Bader. We'll go with that. So yep. who is your Manfred of the week? I'm going to start this off with a quote. <laughs> I understand it's a big story. I understand the season we're in. It's not going to matter unless it's October. If we happen to come back here in October, we're going to show up. We're going to expect to win. Aaron Boone. Uh, this is back after the, <laughs> after the Yankees got swept at Minute Maid Park during the regular season. But yeah, Aaron Boone. He's my uh, man for the week. Just a truly, truly bad postseason from the Yankees manager. Um, back after they got after they got swept in the regular season, he talked about like, oh, if it's October, once it's October, we're going to come here, we're going to show up, we're going to play, and they look lifeless absolutely awful the pitching for the most part did their job uh game four had some like minor hiccups or whatever but that's going to happen against uh a very good astros team and that's okay it's allowed to happen nobody really blew up i don't think but the offense just looked miserable they didn't look like they wanted to be there harrison bader again and anthony rizzo showed some life and gave some hope in game four to avoid a sweep but that was pretty much the extent of it. Like, you know, you had your chance to go after Verlander early and like actually get to him. You took a one nothing lead and then did nothing else the rest of the game. Like, except for Anthony Rizzo randomly hitting a solo shot. Uh, but that, after, that was after like basically all the energy was sucked out. And I'll, again, Boone's not the one that's going out there and hitting. He's not the one that's right. in the batter's box, but he's the manager. He's got to do something to make this team at least look like they're fighting and they're not. And I personally don't want to see him come back as the Yankees manager at this point. I think, you know, when times are good, he's a good manager to have, but he's not a good manager to have for adversity and bad situations no. and bad times. And we saw that in August and we saw it again during these playoffs. And we've seen it in other playoff years too, just like questions exactly, you're yeah. making left and right. And yeah. So, and yeah, and, he, and it's not, it's not year one for him anymore. He's no. a, he's an experienced MLB manager at this point. Yeah. Yeah. No disagreements there. Uh, my man for this of the week is going to be Josh Donaldson. Get the hell off my team. Ugh, go Please away. I don't want I don't to see you. you. <laughs> don't want to see you in spring training. Just go, go. 
go. Yeah. <laughs> Be gone with you. Yeah, I'm so tired of this guy. And I, this is the thing. Like, I enjoy when I like the players on the Yankees. That was a big problem with the Rollis Chapman for years. And, you know, I think we're finally done with the Rollis Chapman saga. Thank God. But he was just yeah. such an unpleasant personality. And Donaldson is, is an unpleasant personality in his own different way. But I just give me a team of guys I like, you know? Pretty much. Yeah. I don't ask for much, but. Yeah. And he sucks, too. Just on top of that. As we said earlier. Yeah. And that, that's the thing, like, up until this season, and um, this is not like a justification or support or defense of Aroldis Chapman, but at the very least, Aroldis Chapman was decent up until this, like, the last two seasons or whatever, um, except for his, like, playoff blow-ups. And, like, you know, that's why I didn't – I never trusted him. But for the most part, he was at least better than average. Josh Thompson was just bad. Yeah. Yeah. So we can hope he's not on the team next year. We will see. So it will take some uh, interesting GM maneuvering for that to happen. Yeah. All right. Um, so that'll do it for us. Pinstrip Ballet podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Pinstrip Ballet. Follow me on Twitter at Marin's PSA. You already got your random Kunsch thing in there with the World Series prediction. So huzzah. Uh, let's go, Phils. And um, we will see what happens with the Yankees in this long offseason. They got a lot of questions ahead, and we will track them and see what happens. So I'm going to go watch the trailer for Ant Man Quantumania. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going to do now. <laughs> All right. Go, team. Goodbye, 2022 Yankees. Rest in peace.